0: Everybody and welcome to on the flank episode number 25 the proclaimed greatest episode of all time. My name is John George alongside Joker. Patrick say hello, Joe.
1: Uh hey everybody. We made it. It's it's here. It's time. <laughs> it We're is doing time. the thing.
0: We are doing the thing. If you didn't know if you haven't been listening, today's the day that me and Joe give our 2019 season power rankings out all 20 teams power ranked we've been previewing them we've been giving some hints as to where we think everybody is but now this is the definitive ranking joe what do you do you think your power rankings are are better than mine joe do you think you have (laughs) the key knowledge that no one else has
1: i don't know i feel like we'll find out uh later you know pretty pretty soon here this week but yeah i mean when i when i was talking about we're here it's time i mean because yeah the league starts this week too yeah <laughs> forget our power rankings i mean we've got we've got matches coming up this week
0: <laughs> i spent three minutes hyping us up and everyone's like i just care about the league i don't know what you guys are talking about um, that reminds me of so i was watching the super bowl of course because i'm a sports loser and um there was this one guy on like the elevator of our apartment building who um, like asked us who we thought were gonna was gonna win the big game and then my friend responded like in this like long two minute like sort of thing that was super smart and like he he was <laughs> he was like analyzing the game. And then the guy responds like, Well, I guess we'll find out in like three hours. Like <laughs> and he just <laughs> He seemed like he did not know football at all, <laughs> but but I feel like that's what we should do for our podcast is just like you don't even give rankings, show you're just like well, we'll find out at the at the end of the league. Like why do I have to do this? <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but to start it off, before we get uh, to to anything else, I I want to talk about the podcast draft recap uh, because. We were on the flank, participated in a fantasy draft on highnoon.gg against a bunch of other podcasters, uh, and I would like to, to tell everybody the results because um, there were some things, some things we could have done better, some things we... I think we did okay. If you, if you didn't know, we have people like the Bird Watchers, the Broverwatch podcast. Uh, of course, this is all being hosted by the Overwatch League Network, um, Man Totally Drunk, um, and their fantasy podcast, Foul Play. Uh, so you can check out their Twitter for, for the full results. Uh, we also retweeted the full results of the draft but for every team. Um, but I, I think I'm just going to go through our team. Um and our our first pick was uh Mr. Boombox. I did it for Joe, Philly Fusion man. Uh, so I guess to preface to kind of preface um what I was going for because i I know i I didn't want to tell anybody my strategies last year on our last week on the podcast. Uh, basically, in this league, the points are: you get 0.5 per elimination, one point per damage, and one point per or one point per thousand damage, and one point per thousand healing. Um, so, based off those stats, it's uh, the most the most uh, valuable players are Zenyatta players, clearly, because not only do they do damage, they do healing, um, and they get. Hella, hella eliminations. Uh, so, so I have three Zenyatta players in our starting lineup already, all ready to go. Uh, DPS players in general, probably like the second, um, second most valuable, uh, alongside Diva players, because Divas get lots of damage and eliminations because all they have to do is click on somebody once, and then they get the elimination counted for themselves. Um, but also D.Va players, according to um, some people screaming, D.Va players and flex, flex uh, tanks specifically are going to be the flexes for when teams are running triple DPS. And apparently that is a big thing in the meta right now besides goats is triple DPS. Um, so diva players are going to be a huge, a huge uh, thing to pick up in this league as well. And then just in general, you want players... Mm-hmm who are going to be playing the most time, because there are things like healing and damage that you're just going to automatically get the longer you're in the game. Um, so overall, I was really just trying to pick people who I know were going to be like in the game almost 100% of the time. I think Boombox is one of those people, so I took him first. And he's also a Zenyatta player. Um, <laughs> I took Fleta second, so we had the last pick. So we had in the snake draft, I, I had the last pick of the first round, and then the first pick of the second round. Uh, so technically, I could have taken, I could have reversed these if I really wanted to, um, but I took Fleta, who I also think is going to be playing 100 percent of the time, and is one of the best DPS players you can get, and maybe the best this year because last year it would have been Striker, but uh, this year Striker's on San Francisco and. He has a lot of DPS companions on his team to the point where I don't think he's going to be in 100% of the time like he was uh, on Boston. So I think F- yeah. Fled is a little better than Striker. I think Striker went like fourth or fifth round, which makes sense. Everyone had the same same thing going. Um, and then my next two picks were, uh, I believe, K- cool Matt and Sleepy, which are my least favorite. Two least favorite picks of the draft, um, because I comp- like I was just freaking out um, and suddenly picked Sleepy, even though uh, I forgot I completely forgot Violet existed. So that pick I do not like. Sleepy will be in, of course, the first two games because Violet is not playing. But uh, I, I think I'm going to be going to that waiver wire and dropping Sleepy pretty quickly after that because. Uh, He's just not going to be playing that much. And then I I like Cool Matt a lot. Um, I think they'll have Spree in a little bit more than last year, probably, which is a little sad, but I think Cool Matt's a good Diva player to pick. Um, Then I can't, I I don't have the thing in front of me, Joe. Do you?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, So after that comes uh, Luffy and Godspeed.
0: Yeah, I think these two are what what we would call a sleeper pick, uh, which is um, two players that people aren't like like looking like aren't too high on. They're kind of underrated players um, that people don't think are going to be that great in fantasy. I think both of these. I think Luffy is going to be fantastic because, he is as one. He's a Zenyatta player, and two, he's the only Zenyatta player on his team. Uh, so three, he's going to be playing all the time. Uh, and getting damage and healing and eliminations. So Luffy, I think that's a f- fantastic pick for that round. And then uh, everyone knows my love for Gatsby. Um, <laughs> and overall, the Hog Joe Spark is getting so much hype right now. So I think that's a great pick. Um, then uh, what? Then
1: Hotba and Color Hex are the next two.
0: Hotba, um I think Hoppa might be a better pick than Cool Matt because Hoppa is the only flex tank on Guangzhou, right? Yeah. So,
1: uh, sounds right.
0: So, um, he's really going to be in all the time. Like, the, the, I mean, if you guys could see a pattern here, like, it doesn't matter how good you are, only if you're in all the time. <laughs> um, and then Color Hex is, I picked him for the same reason. He is, one of the two dps um on the boston uprising so he is going to be in all the time once he's not not banned for two games of course yeah there's that Uh, then Uh, then stitch and super stitch and super um so uh these are both once we get to like the later rounds those players aren't on the board anymore (laughs) really. Um, so I picked Stitch, who's a Vancouver DPS. I don't think he—I don't think he is going to be in all the time. I think Vancouver has more of a DPS lineup; they switch out. Um, but I think he's still a good DPS player, so I chose him. And then Super, uh, same with him. I mean, everyone on San Francisco—it's a 12-man roster. Um, Super was obviously um, very important last year, but I don't think he's as important this year. Uh, and most people have him as the backup. So uh, I just have him there in, like, in case he does come out on top, kind of. I th- this is where I should have picked Sleepy, too, <laughs> honestly. Uh, um, what um, and then
1: you were trying to come up with your last two, and so your your idea was, uh, well, Dante and IDK. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't
0: know. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: I I went Dante for like the same reason as Super. I don't know. I just wanted like someone who might show up, and then IDK. Probably one of the least valuable picks as like a main support, but IDK is supposed to be one of the best main supports this year. So um, I just took him just in case because there's like no, at this point there's no more like starting Zenyatas on the board, um, and I needed another support uh, specifically for when Sleepy drops dead and Violet takes over, so. There you go. Yep. Uh, overall, I'm pretty satisfied. Do you, I mean, Joe, we have, you haven't even got to talk about it. This is your team, too. What do you think of it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, I think definitely going to be helpful for um, like you said, sort of play in the numbers um, here as the fantasy gets started. Um, and, uh, you know, a good mix of, um, you know, so old talent and, and new talent, and uh, teams that are going to be able to do well uh, that we don't uh, that we don't know or we wouldn't expect necessarily. So yeah, it's uh, they it, just to watch. I know we're playing uh, what the Blazin' Eddie's team like three games in a row or something. Yeah,
0: this is the other. Okay, <laughs> so, there are a bunch of things I I think High Noon needs to work on, and why well, I, I understand it, it might take a little bit of time, but. When you when you just completely randomly generate a schedule, like that's just kind of that feels kind of lazy, <laughs> um, because now we've, we we and Blazenetti the first three weeks in a row, um, and it's just you know obviously there could be the unfair thing. It's like the roll of the dice. What if what if Blazinetti is the best team in the league, and we're the second best team in the league, and we keep losing to them? We've, we're zero three. Um, just because we've been playing blazon every week that would feel real bad um so that's i mean obviously it's the first year i can't complain that much but there are some things about high noon that i that i think they could they could fix up a little bit um but yeah that's all that's all i got for fantasy any joe who's your are you super excited that i picked boombox for for you in the first round you I mean,
1: it's it's gonna be a good choice, I think. Uh, you yeah. know, that's uh, you know, we've talked about the fusion sport line. yeah, boombox is definitely gonna be uh, a mainstay of that. So,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyone else on our team that you're excited that you think could possibly be a a breakout star for our for the on the flank champion? By the way, we're gonna be champions. Uh, <laughs> podcast fantasy team.
1: That's true. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, maybe uh, we, we've talked about Dante wants to be uh, wants to be a big addition to uh, Houston. Hopefully, he can also be a big addition to the uh, on the flank team. Um, it, it, I liked your I liked your idea with Hapa too, because yeah, he's going to be um, this similar thing, really instrumental to uh, Guangzhou as they get going for sure.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't even have a picture on High Noon website. If that's not uh... Underrated. I don't know what is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's not even a person to yeah. them. Okay, uh, we got a long show. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do? <laughs> owl community countdown. Um, maybe it was. It's still going on. There's still. There's still. Um, today's the the, uh, the the talent showdown, right?
1: Uh, today's the CTF.
0: Okay. And then Wednesdays. Wait, today's Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah. What the? Yeah. I didn't so know Wednesdays the that
1: streamer stuff, and then.
0: I thought they were gonna give like a day break in between. Um, oh no! It goes right up to it. Wow! Wow! Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's a community countdown. They gotta countdown to the end. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was a Joe. This was a little bit of a disaster at first, wasn't it? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't watching uh, like as it was happening but I was like following along on reddit and, and all of a sudden it was just uh you, you know the, the threads and stuff that were coming up they like uh, it's like what did you expect really why do you call them scrims uh,
0: yeah uh, I don't know yeah I mean you know me you know me Joe I I chatted you before this event was happening and I didn't seem like too hot about it that I I was like it's a thing it's happening um
1: I don't have to see what comes of it yeah
0: and uh what came of it was kind of what I expected and but I did not I I did not expect such a community freak out about it It was what I didn't expect because I um I I guess I guess because my my in my mind it was like this is the preseason and I don't care about it um (laughs) And it's and I honestly went in like saying like this is whatever it is. I don't care if it's like good scrims or whatever it's gonna take away from opening day in my opinion because that that's in a week and I, I was getting super hyped for it and now we have this thing that's happening um, and the players were not, if you didn't know what happened, the players weren't into it. they were playing different positions than what they actually play. You had DPS on, on Ana and all this stuff going on that basically the teams didn't take it seriously because it makes sense why would they take it seriously um why would they show us strategies why would they even try um when they're when it's literally five days away from overwatch league when they um should be holding their strategies for they're all sandbagging new york excel style
1: <laughs> yeah it was and so then after um uh... Like, the last scrim of the first day, and then all the scrims on the second day, they just uh, straight-up changed the format to Mystery Heroes. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, which, I, mean, I, I feel like immediately patched it up, in my opinion, because, I don't know, before everyone was like, these, these are team scrims, this is supposed to be serious. And then it was like, Mystery Heroes, so the expectation changed to, okay, this isn't serious. <laughs> yeah. Um i don't know but i also i don't know a lot of people took the word scrim and they said this is supposed to be serious but i didn't really like a scrim is like a scrimmage to me it's like it feels like practice like scrim has is almost synonymous with the word practice to me at this point so i didn't really like i don't know i i know a lot of people had the high expectations i didn't i came into this weekend saying i want the real thing i don't want this right now um But I think the I think yesterday was really cool. The one v one Ash, one v one Anna paintball. Did you watch that at all?
1: I watched a little bit of that. Yeah, Uh, they had. uh,
0: Yeah, I watched. uh, uh, I wasn't in time for the Ash, but I was there for the Anna um, and Raucus. Okay, I watched
1: the first half, not the second. So 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 there you go. (laughs) We can
0: inform people on what happened. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty nice. Yeah, Raucus and Closer decided for Anna that they were only gonna they were doing sleep darts only uh so that was that was a fun match raucous ended up winning i think but that that was like a it was it was a real long slow paced sort of thing it was fun though um yeah. anything cool with the 1v1 ashes
1: um i'm trying to remember i think um uh, i have to look up now who who is playing but i think um i want to say dia beat uh Danye. Yeah, I think so. In the, in the Ash one we've done. So, so Shanghai won. The <laughs> Twitch chat was excited about that.
0: Did Shanghai? Uh, did Shanghai beat uh, Chengdu and Mister Heroes?
1: I I think they must have. I I, I didn't I didn't see that, but yeah, because the chat spam was like. 2 and 40 or something. <laughs> so so I think must they have must have 2 and
0: <laughs> <three>. impressive. I <laughs> hope everyone two and 40 pug. I hope everyone keeps track of their record throughout the entire season. <laughs> um, yeah, but today's cap we capture the flag. Um, I don't know, any With all the expansion teams. Yeah, all the expand Oh, that uh, that is all the expansion teams. Wow. Um, that's cool. Uh, then tomorrow is the 6v6 show match with the streamers and the talent, and then we finally get the real thing. We get the league. It starts Thursday, uh, February 14th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. I'm super excited. Okay. Anything it's else about the community community countdown? I mean, Nate, there was this point where Nate answer freaked out about it too, um, which was the first time I... It's, it seemed to me like Nate was freaking out about something which is
1: which yeah I, I you know you can't imagine this is what they intended for you know opening week of season two to be like
0: oh yeah I mean that's the thing a lot of people are calling it opening week I would I didn't even consider this to be a part of opening week I was considering it to start on Thursday which is just upsetting to me that a lot of people are are uh, getting so upset about this. Are getting a bad first taste in their mouth, you know, because I—I I don't know—they had the expectations that this was the beginning of the season, and I was like, "This is." They called preseason for a reason. It's not. It's not the beginning of a season. All right. Um, rules of conduct, rules and code of conduct. They were released um, to the public to see, and it was a summary. I don't think it's like. The I think that that means it's not like the full thing, right? Uh, so it's a summary. Doesn't sound like it. Summary of the rules, uh, Joe. If you have if you have any points you wanna you wanna point out, you can. I I had I writ, wrote two down on the um, on the rundown that I thought were pretty important. Do you have a, you wanna go first? Do you have any rules you thought was were interesting?
1: Um, yeah, I I just thought it was notable um that. Uh, th- that we have them at all. I mean, you know, people were complaining. Oh, you know, last season we didn't have any, um, all the way through, and it didn't look like we were going to get any for this season. But I think this is more than we've seen uh, so far at all uh, for the Overwatch League. So that's it's at least notable that they exist now. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, it's I'm glad we have them, but there there are a couple things I'd like to point out. Uh, that I think maybe need to be changed because uh, they go through they go through all the playoffs and, and everything that's happening and uh, they, they never state, if you guys didn't know, it's double elimination um, playoff bracket for the just the playoffs, not stage playoffs. Um, and there's no advantage for the winners bracket champion um, stated in those rules. So um, that's important because in the championship, uh, the winner of the winner's bracket will play the winner of the loser's bracket and the winner of the loser's bracket has already lost a game and the winner of the winner's bracket has not. So if they just play straight up and the loser wins then they both have one loss. Um, and a lot of people would would call that unfair uh, and you would want to give the winner a little bit of, of an advantage going in because they have yet to lose in the tournament. Um, so that's one of the things and then instead of um, I thought it was in, in pretty important in stage and regular playoffs. Instead of best of five and best of seven, they're now doing first to three and first to four, um, which basically uh, is, is very important for tied maps because when you tie a map, neither team gets a point. Uh, so it basically will completely nullify that map. Uh, in the past, they would still count it as a map kind of in a best of five it would still count as a map um, and you would still play five maps and whoever has sort of the best uh, record at the end of that wins it all but now you need to win three maps or win four maps instead of a best of so that could make matches a little bit longer and um, maybe make tied maps feel a little worse because they're just completely not going to count in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I guess on the other hand it might be a little bit better for the players maybe like in the sense that if you're a team that's um, um, behind and you get a draw map um, that you, rather than re- just reducing the number of maps that your opponent needs to win that it's, it's not a disadvantage for you anymore I don't know.
0: That's very true um, I imagine that I did not think about that but I imagine that's the reason why it's in place Joe you're so smart <laughs> <laughs> um yeah any other rules to talk about uh we're we're we're, we're going through it now uh, Any more? we're going through uh, the run now.
1: any more rules i don't think so i mean just right here at the beginning of before we started the show i was flipping through stuff and i uh, was pointing out to you you know it gets even as specific as um uh, that the players aren't allowed to use their own headsets and they can't have smart watches or sunglasses on uh, while they're playing but yeah it's just a bunch of details So,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: you might be uh, interested in it later, but
0: (laughs) yeah, um, working for, working for an LCS team in Echo Fox now, I've been backstage there and they're also very strict about like you basically can't take anything onto stage, no phones, no, no, nothing. They have to use their headsets. It's, it's pretty crazy, but makes sense. They don't want cheaters. So Um,
1: I, I happen to see here, there's a clause about promotional activities and events Oh. Um, which requires teams to allow players to participate in uh, the All-Star Week and in the World Cup, oh. which is interesting.
0: It requires the, players the, 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 to play in the World the, Cup. It
1: requires teams to allow players to oh, do that. Okay. The, the, the teams can't restrict it because they want to practice or something. I guess I don't know. Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that makes, interesting. That makes sense. Um, that I feel like that definitely could happen if that rule wasn't in place. Uh, especially since they're paying these players a lot of money. They might just say, no, we don't want you to, to do this other competition. Okay. Um, yeah, there are lots of interesting But interest they're online. You can, yeah, exactly.
1: You can look them up if you're interested in
0: Yeah, there might be rules that you find interesting that me and Joe didn't find interesting. So, yeah, you can go on the Overwatch League website and look at those. Uh, okay, we move on to talent. We talked about talent a little bit because they are going to be competing tomorrow. Uh, some of them alongside streamers, but um, the big changes this year in talent—you uh, pretty much got everybody the same, except you, we have added Wolf and Achilles from Korean contenders. Uh, they're coming over it which makes sense they have four games now instead of three a day so they needed another caster duo and i think wolf and achilleos uh was the choice I, I can't imagine choosing anyone else besides these two uh fantastic fantastic job in korean contenders um of course they come from the league a lot like uh monte and doa did and then there's and
1: if you're if you don't follow uh, Korean contenders, of course you'll also have seen them in the World Cup too. Oh yeah, they were one of the tools yep. from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a bunch of new league insiders like Danny Lim, Emily Tang, um, and Mika Burton. Uh, Mika from uh, NA contenders, uh, and then you've probably seen Emily um, in Overwatch World Cup stuff, and then Danny Lim's been already been in Overwatch League. Um, but yeah, the other change is reinforce. Of course, we know about him, but apparently, there's we're, we should keep an eye out for appearances by him and other special guests. Uh, don't know what that means, but we should we should keep an eye out, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, that's all they're saying at this point. But we'll see. Um,
0: but yeah, everyone's the same. I'm glad they didn't change anything. Are you glad? I, I like the team a lot. Uh
1: yeah, yeah. This, this is. Um you know they've given them a break now here in the off season, and it's time to get going <laughs>
0: yeah uh i also highly re- recommend the video that came alongside it because uh i think it's a funny a funny video uh these guys are not only talent the talent team but they're they're funny too all right uh fearless this is actually a big piece of news yeah. specifically for our power rankings it did affect my power rankings but fearless is uh not not going to be playing for the shanghai dragons for now at least uh he is in korea because of health re- health reasons he's he's staying in korea um so he's not going to be here uh in los angeles for the first week for for overwatch league their main tank and i believe their only main tank on their roster so that's even bigger for for shanghai uh this was out of just nowhere i mean this is this is huge for shanghai right joe
1: yeah uh and and sort of the response to that um although i guess it hasn't been officially announced yet but uh sort of the response to that makes uh, makes it seem like perhaps this was uh, more expected or uh, at least uh planned for um on um, on the part of shanghai because i mean we, we can just sort of add this into the discussion that uh, there's there's speculation now there's a tweet from uh, uh... the overwatch beacon uh... twitter account that says that um, apparently boston has uh, transferred gamsu to shanghai uh, which again hasn't been officially confirmed yet but, uh, but yeah that's interesting you know, uh... it really makes total sense you know boston sitting with uh, a surplus of main tanks and shanghai uh you know without one that's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, the way to go you know uh, I can see Boston starting um, Axion on note easily enough uh,
0: yeah here in,
1: in stage one and do, and doing pretty okay
0: yeah uh, uh, yeah Gamsu's a yeah. Gamsu would be a great replacement I think Gamsu's is one of the best main tanks consistent smart guy uh, I think Boston would be missing out there if that if that is actually true uh but axiom's pretty good and they also have fusions right so
1: uh yeah he's he's there a two-way player so mm-hmm. he's he's limited but yeah uh
0: if they need him uh, he's there
1: it's true uh the, the other uh point the internet was making was that sure enough now this does mean that uh uh it, it, it's another um, um but another Boston player that Huck has sort of gotten rid of now, uh, in addition to to striker and mistakes and everybody, it's yeah, um, it's it's all happening. Anyway, it'll be
0: some of them. He he's not getting rid of. It seems it seems like a lot of them want to go on their own. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, but we could in turn say that is Huck's fault because they have been blaming Huck for for uh, for them wanting to leave. So. Uh, you could definitely blame hawk. Okay, the other piece of news, lots of roster news. I did not expect lots of roster news. Like I didn't expect one opening week. Yeah, yeah, I did not expect one roster news, let alone three here. Uh Atlanta promotes Dogman, which is fantastic. I've been a huge fan of Dogman. I mean, they had a little bamboozle going on there. Dogman was like looking for team and everyone was like, "What? Why would you drop Dogman?" And then Atlanta was like, Nope, we picked him up <laughs> um, like a day later. So that's fantastic. Dogman, he's, he's, he's a great leader. He's a great player. Um, and he's been in the scene for a very long time. Uh, I don't know how much this improves the Atlanta roster, but honestly, uh, maybe a little bit of a bump in my power ranks because of it. I don't know. They they, they That's an impressive pickup in my mind, and I, I'm a huge fan of Dogman.
1: Yeah, he's got a big, big history and all that. So, mm-hmm. what do we get?
0: Yeah, history, which includes him promising he would have a bowl cut in Overwatch League. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know where when that is coming. He actually tweeted that if his hair gets long enough, he'll do it. But he just got a haircut recently. <laughs> so, uh, sure, that's what they all say. <laughs> that is exactly what they all say. Uh, Joe, I think we finally made it to power rankings we're down i think so we're down the rundown we're here at our power rankings so how me and Joe wanted to do it was um of course we've spent most of this time not doing power rankings so i i fully expect you guys to know that uh we're just going to quickly run down our lists and then talk about um talk about our differences and and maybe maybe argue a little bit maybe get angry at each other we'll see i don't expect it <laughs> but
1: and that's because of course we already have done full team breakdowns for the last 10 weeks so
0: So if you want to hear us talking about any of the teams and what we think in depth you can go back to our old podcasts and find the team you want us want to hear us talking about um but yeah we'll, we'll talk about the teams a little bit the teams we have differences on so uh joe you want to start off by by going down your list i mean you got to go countdown style right you need to hype the viewers up you can't start out with number one or else people just tune out, because they're like, I don't care about all this, you know?
1: So you start with 20. It's, it's true. <laughs> so I'll, I'll do this sort of by chunks, because uh, uh, that's that's one of the ways. I actually um, yeah, do you sort do, of did a power ranking. You want to do like a t- ser-
0: tier list type thing, too?
1: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that as I go. Uh, but yeah, making this, I actually I tried to uh, rank them a couple different ways with like a couple different styles and then sort of combined it. But... Uh, but, yeah, so uh, starting uh, 20 through 18, I, I think my bottom three teams were, um, we, you know, we, we've been pretty clear enough on that. Uh, 20 is Washington Justice, uh, 19 uh, be Florida Mayhem, uh, and 18, I uh, have the Chengdu Hunters. Of course. Uh, you, you know, those three, what? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, those three, the, those are the teams that we had the sort of the the least interest in as as we went through um my next chunk goes from like 17 to 13 maybe and i think this was actually the hardest um the hardest section of the power rankings for me to to actually put in numbers but at least what i have here i have uh toronto defiance at 17 uh, guangzhou charge at 16 boston uprising at 15 atlanta at 14 uh, Houston outlaws at 13 uh, which again is pretty difficult lots of those teams um, sort of in similar positions about um, the, that they're um, the, you know they definitely have the the strength that they need but it's just a matter of um, making sure that they can execute all these things that they have to uh, have to think about um, sort of the next chunk we're looking at is like 12 through 8 probably um, so again 13 was Houston Uh, Right above them, uh, number 12 is Seoul Dynasty, uh, followed by 11 Shanghai Dragons. Uh, Didn't quite break the top 10 for me, but uh, number 10, Hangzhou Spark, uh, number 9, San Francisco Shock, and number 8, Paris Eternal. Uh, I've talked about before that uh, I think this is uh, an underrated squad. Um, To a certain extent, uh, you mentioned uh, that uh, they were talking about that a little bit on uh, uh, oversight also recently, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Paris Eternal, there's sitting at number 8 right there on the bubble uh, for playoffs, uh, you know, assuming this is the way things go down. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so going from number 7, then I have uh, LA Valiant at 7, uh, Vancouver Titans at 6, that's my highest ranked, highest rated expansion team uh, at, at position 6, uh, Dallas Fuel in 5th, L.A. Gladiators is number four, Philly Fusion number three, London Spitfire number two, and New York Excelsior at number one. Um, and some of those uh, higher ranking ones probably aren't too surprising. Um, other than I guess Dallas Fuel is is really up there. I, I, I like I like lots of the changes that have been done to that roster. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have to see exactly um, where that comes in for sure. But uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my twenty.
0: There's your 20. Let's get to my 20 now. And then we, then we can compare, right, Joe? All right? Uh, yeah, let's do it. My, my bottom three are very similar to yours. Uh, I think there's a little little change in there, but my number 20 is Washington Justice, same as you. Then 19 I have Chengdu and 18 I have Florida. So we just switch those around a little bit. Um, 17. Atlanta rain, 16. Toronto Defiant, 15, Paris Eternal. Uh, so Paris already (laughs) very far behind in comparison to your power rankings. Uh, you had them at eight. I had a 15. Guangzhou charge at 14. Uh, Houston outlaws at 13. So those are the teams, uh, I don't think will make it into that wild card bracket. Um, I think once you get to 17, you're on a different level kind of, um, I have Atlanta rain at the bottom of this little little tier i got going on here uh but i think atlanta rain could be anywhere 13 to 17 um honestly i think i think any of these teams could could interchange uh at the drop of a drop of a dime you know (laughs) then we make it into to uh we'll do 12 through 9 which is the the outside of the top eight sort of wild card Wild card teams. Uh, number twelve, I have Boston Uprising. Number eleven, I have Shanghai Dragons. Number ten, I have the Seoul Dynasty, and number nine, I have the Dallas Fuel. Um, so I have Boston just barely making it uh, into that wild card tournament, which is a lot better than most people have them. And then uh, Dallas was also a little different from you. I do. I I'm also impressed by the changes, but I'm not too impressed. Now we make it into the <laughs> top eight. Uh, we got the LA Valiant at eight, Hangzhou Spark at seven, Vancouver Titans at six, the Fusion at five, the San Francisco Shock at four, uh, and then my top three is, number three is the Gladiators, number two is Excelsior, and number one is Spitfire. All right, Joe, we we differed. We differed around here. Um, let's, why don't we start at the bottom with, we could talk about Atlanta Rain, because we did just talk about them with Dogman, and why I... Have him at 17, and why you have him at 14?
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, for me. Like I, I talked about, sort of that um, 13 through 17 range. Uh, well, and you said it too. Is yeah. it's really, uh, really floaty. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. I think it's fair to say. Uh, just with, with lots of these teams that are like, uh, hopefully, gonna see lots of parity there. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, obviously I made this before we knew about Dogman, you know, I'm sure that's a that's a boon to the roster for sure, um, and I don't know, I think um, this is certainly in the eyes of the the community and stuff that this uh, is one of the teams that has a potential to do um, better-ish. I think this is, um, yeah, this is, I think, fourth out of the eight expansion teams in my, in my, uh, uh, power ranking, so it's like you, you, there's definitely still a you know a middle of the pack um, sort of expansion team, but yeah, I
0: don't know. It's, yeah, and in, in my eyes, <laughs> my it's thoughts. it's yeah. I think I made this before Dogman too. I think it, they I think they could easily interchange with Toronto, um, Paris or Guangzhou here. Or there, I mean, they I think they have the talent. Um, apparently, in scrims, DeFran is popping off. Uh, overall, not too impressed by the Atlanta team, but uh, I think. I think it's hard to judge these expansion teams, especially Guangzhou, Paris, Toronto, Atlanta, because I think they all have the potential to be pretty good and have some big names, but it, it's hard to say that they're going to be better than um, the teams I have above them. Uh, so I don't think we actually, even though we have a number difference, it's not too big of a difference on Atlanta Rain. I think we both have the same-ish opinion on them. Um okay. And then Paris Eternal is a huge difference. You have them at eight in the playoffs. I have them at fifteen. Um, and after listening, to, listening to oversight, I did. I do think Paris maybe. I, I don't. I. I still think my opinion on Paris is like around the sameish as to when I made these rankings, which was Saturday, um, and today is Tuesday. I, I still think they're around like the sameish area. Um, I think Paris. I don't know. I think Paris obviously can be good in Goats Meadow, which is what they talked about uh, a lot yesterday. What Cruz talked about because Europe is Europe is like the originator of goats, basically, which makes complete sense. Um, but I honestly think we're going away from goats i know most people are saying like it's still 60 percent goats but i think that's just a sign i think it gets less and less um, as people discover other cops here and i don't think paris is as strong at anything besides goats so um even if even if goats persist through stage one i don't think it persists through the other three stages so i think paris uh might might do a little poorly this year honestly I, i could see them not being uh up to snub
1: yeah, I've got a I've got a couple of optimistic picks uh, on my on my power rankings. I think this is one, and uh, we'll, we'll get to it. But Dallas Fuel, I think, is the other. But um, but I am optimistic uh, about this roster. You know, we talked about. Uh, I really like student and Shadowburn on DPS. Um, you, you know, and uh, the more we get uh, into you know compositions that actually do require uh, DPS heroes, I think they're going to be finding more and more success. Um, but but yeah, in in general, it is it is a confidence thing. It's, uh, it's sort of a personal choice for me. But I really want to see uh, th- this roster do well, uh, and I think they have the, really the potential uh, to do well. And, and where whether uh, uh, the, uh, wherever that falls, you know, we'll have to see. But uh, as far as uh, I don't know, I think they're they I have them. I think second best expansion team, yeah, behind Vancouver, uh, which I think is probably fair. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of uh, seeing where they can step into, uh, like the framework of the existing, uh, like season one teams, also.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see. I definitely, I think Paris. I think the ceiling's pretty high for Paris, honestly, especially with their low expectations. I think they can easily. Um, Easily overcome our, our low expectations, uh, especially because I mean, I have them at 15, and that's this is a bunch of talented people, you know. Um, that's pretty low for, for for all that talent, it, it feels like, but but honestly, I feel like there's a lot of talent in the Overwatch League, um, a lot of pre existing talent. And I, I don't know if it was crew, I think it, yeah, Cruz, yesterday on Oversight, was saying that all the expansion teams are going to do a lot better than, than you guys think. And I think that's just based off scrim results. I, I don't think a lot of these players um, have been on a big stage before, like the Overwatch League. I don't think they know what it's like to play live on that stage. Um, so I think it w- might be a little rougher than he thinks for the expansion teams at first, um, even if their talent is up to snub with, the, with, um, with those teams those teams have experience of actually being on this big stage and knowing what it's like. All right. Uh, Boston uprising is my optimistic pick. According to you, you have, you own have 15. I have them at 12, um, which is actually a pretty big difference because 12 makes you, gets you into the card tournament. Right. That's true. Um, I don't know. I just think a lot of people at Boston, like almost last in their power rankings, but I, I think that everyone forgets, Huck's like insane recruiting talent from last season, where he recruited Dream Casper and Mistakes and all these like really good DPS players who nobody thought was, was going to be as good as they ended up being. Dream Casper, arguably the best American player before he unfortunately deservedly got kicked out of the league, and then um, Mistakes replacing him and doing a fantastic job and helping Boston uprising go 10 and zero after they lost one of their best players, if not their best player. So that's, I mean, Huck has just got an insane talent to recruit these players that are not going to cost him that much money because I don't think they have that much money to use in the first place. But, um, also just underrated gems. Like everyone goes for the Koreans and Huck's out here this year, just finding a Brazilian player, finding a New Zealand player. Um, to to play on his team that he thinks uh, are going to be fantastic talent. And I think Color Hex is is a really talented DPS, and um, Alamo is a fantastic support player. So uh, I think people are underrating this uprising team, and especially I think it's a mixture of them losing all their players and um, the management being an absolute mess over there. But just because the management's – a mess doesn't mean their team can't perform super well we saw that last year the management was a mess and they still made playoffs and performed super well so uh yeah i think people are underrating this this gem of a roster and huck's ability
1: yeah, it, it, um it, it's true you touched on you know some of the things i would have said about boston um th- yeah there are definitely um, you know we, we're really gonna like fusions i think when he comes um and the things he does, all the think he's suspended for a couple of games. Uh, or no, it's color hacks. Yeah, never color man. hacks. Uh, but he, yeah, lots of uh, individual talent here for sure. Uh, what I hope uh, for this Boston roster's sake doesn't happen is that they have another season like season one, uh, by which I mean you know that they had a really good stage three, uh, but it took them you know quite a while to get to that point, and then all of a sudden we were left, you know, sort of what happened to Boston, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: but both in a good way and a bad way. But um, yeah, it's, um, I did um, definitely in my, like you said, I put him at 15. I think definitely uh, part of that was, um, you know, based on this history with the team. Um, And and also um, I think the other big factor of that is um, just that we have, we have yet to get confirmation um, that this team isn't um, really just a meta team and, and uh, meta dependent team. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like they were, you know, coming into stage three, and all of a sudden it was. I granted there were other changes too, but yeah. um, it, it, I don't know. They have to. They, they still have. They still have uh, a, a, a mandates. Uh, they have to prove themselves for me still uh, before I move them up.
0: Yeah. Uh, makes total sense that, that they and I think they're fine with being under I think Huck likes being ranked last that's his favorite um, because he loves subverting expectations Dallas Fuel I have him at 9 you have him at 5 which is also a big difference because 5 you automatically get into those playoffs 9 you don't um, but I think, we, I think we both have Dallas Fuel at a place I think we can both agree at a better place than they were last year uh for sure oh, yeah um,
1: and it, it's, it's kind of funny that uh i just talked about oh i think um i think boston is a team that's gonna live and die by the meta and then i have uh, dallas <laughs> sitting at fifth but um like i said i think i think this is my uh this is my other sort of optimistic pick for sure that um that, that yes you know this dallas was a um Flash in the pan there at the end of season one, but um, adding people like uh, Zachary and RCK um, and Closer to this roster that also did lose, um, you, you know, a good chunk of talent. Uh, but, but I think those, that's going to be helpful. Um, and I mean, there are um, fewer and fewer, I think, um, niches that um, this team isn't going to be able to fit well. I mean, you know, we've got. Uh, three really solid hit scan players uh, plus Zachary coming off of an amazing um, career in, in a contenders um, coming now up to uh, the, the big pro scene, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and plus the, uh, the coaching talent too, I think is significant here. To, uh, thinking about uh, Jane and arrow working together now. I think that's, it's definitely going to be helpful, helpful for this team. Uh, it's, so, like I said, you know, it's, um, it's a similar sort of thing for Boston. They're definitely going to have to prove themselves, I think, uh, to uh, to the fans and to the to the league. But they, uh, uh, I guess, in my head, they, they've done a little bit more of that uh, already yet oh, yeah. than uh, than Boston has.
0: I mean, at least you could like, at least you have like remnants of the of this roster and arrows coaching style in stage four of of last season we you haven't seen anything of this Boston's roster at all I mean the Dallas rosters you you've seen their you've seen their previous play you've seen you've seen the direction arrow wants to take them in and I think that's the biggest improvement in this offseason was their coaching staff um and I think they will perform well enough to be in the top half of the league um I don't think they'll perform enough well enough to be into that top eight or top five, as you have them. I, I don't think they're that good. There's tons of competition, um, and I think they lost some talent like Seagull that that they would like to have back. But but uh, I think this coaching staff carries this team uh, because that was their biggest issue last year until Arrow came in, and uh, I think they have the best one of the best coaching staffs in the league uh, with Arrow and Jane. Honestly, they're super smart. Um, and, and their coaching style is super helpful for the fuel, obviously, going forward. Um, who's next? Hangzhou, Spark. You have them at uh, 10. I have them at 7. Once again, a big difference because Hangzhou – well, they would both be in the wild card tournament. Uh, but everyone's hyping up this team. If you did watch Oversight yesterday or from this past week, it was three hours of them talking about Hangzhou Spark because every single guest came on. And you could almost make a compilation of Thorin being like, "So, what team are you uh, are you fancy? Are you fancying the most this year? Who's looking really good?" Every single person answered Hangzhou Spark. Um, so apparently they're doing very well in scrims. Um, so I have them at seven, which, uh, after all that talk, seems honestly pretty low to me, <laughs> because all these players have them like like number 1 like it's like no joke like over spitfire over excelsior like this is the best team um which is which is kind of crazy uh definitely after all that talk i like really would like to move them up but i have them at 7 um for now you have them at 10 um yeah i guess why why do you have them at 10
1: yeah so uh it's a 10 under uh again teams like paris and vancouver um and uh right around uh like Seoul and Shanghai because um, again because there is lots of uh, r- really good individual talent here you know t- um you talk about how much you like Godspeed, um, uh Godsby uh IDK. Gu Shui also big uh, big part of this team we know uh, I know reinforce had them on uh, his power rankings Hangzhou city like number four or something last I checked um it, it, I know he's really confident in them as well. Um, I think the two, uh, I don't know if there are two, but I'll start talking about things that are working against this roster. Uh, and I think one of them is just uh, just the inexperience, you know, that I was a little hesitant uh, to rate uh, these expansion teams uh, all the way up with um, you know, really solid cores that are going to have really solid returning seasons like uh, Philly and London and uh, LA Gladiators and New York and that sort of thing. Uh, um, uh, and what's the other thing? Maybe, maybe it'll come to me, but yeah, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you know, this is definitely a team that's got, um, uh, it, it's, it's got some, got some stuff, um, uh, that it can be doing for sure. I think that they're definitely going to make a splash in the league, not only because of their colors, um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um. Uh, um you you know we've got them in similar numerical positions kind of um in terms of you know where they might end up but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to watch them yeah
0: i was a little hesitant to put them like top five or something like that for the same reasons as you um in experience we haven't seen them on the big stage they can be doing well in scrims but that doesn't mean they're automatically going to do well on the big stage um uh, uh, don't take scrim bucks into uh, account too much here and I don't know I, I have them about 7 I do think someone like the Titans are are gonna do better which we both had at 6 the same exact spot um, and I think people are kind of down on the Titans right now uh, mainly because they just got to America basically um, which reminds me of a team who made the grand finals last year Philadelphia Fusion uh last second didn't even get to practice too much because of how late they got to America so um i, I don't think that's as big of a disadvantage as people think especially for especially for runaway uh co- like especially for the titans like this is a core roster that has practiced with each other for a, a super long time uh they don't need it as much as someone like the fusion did and because they were a mishmash of everybody but the fusion still performs super well despite that um. So yeah, Hangzhou uh, Spark. About seven ish uh, is where I got them. Uh, they, they, I think they'll they'll do super well though, and I'm excited to to see all this hype around the expansion teams. Uh, the other big one is San Francisco Shock because I have them in my top four and you have them at number nine. Um, Joe, why do you why do you have such a talented roster at number nine? <laughs> do you see all this talent?
1: yeah so uh, this is uh, trying to think my uh, choice to compare this to i guess this is like my paris choice sort of um th- that i think paris in general is um relatively underrated uh, but i think san francisco shock in general is a little bit overrated um and i mean you know we've talked about um, you, you know this roster had a, had an okay season um last year um um sort of did some trimming of the fat uh, with their roster, brought in uh, uh, Violet and Striker, uh, Rascal and Smurf um, over three different roles there. Um, but uh, th- that I'm not convinced that uh, e- individuals like that are going to be able to um, turn this team around, uh, well, and not even around, because it's not like they were doing you know, badly or something, but um, th- that I'm not convinced that, um, you know, Stryker by himself or Violet by himself um, is going to be able to turn um, San Francisco Shock from, like, a 8th place team or whatever they were into a, 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 a good um, um, contender, you know, quite on their own. Um, that, uh, again, it's going to be a matter of um, how this how the team can come together with uh, with their team play and with their um, building on the talents of the individuals Um, uh, you you know it's definitely fair to say that they've they've upgraded for sure um, but I I don't know how uh, I I don't know if I can say that uh, those upgrades are enough to like rock them up into uh, again like uh, I think you mentioned that where lots of people are putting them um, you know, really high. Um, I know less of the talent have been like the top four. I think from their um, their sort of season preview thing they posted a couple of days ago. Uh, did he, yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, not quite convinced uh, that to, that this, these individual changes are going to add up to be enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally. What I could see happening is is um, sort of a London Spitfire situation uh, with. Just they had the full 12-man roster, and I don't think London was good when they had that full 12-man roster because they felt like they needed to plug and play everybody um, until they figured out exactly the roster they needed, and that might take some time for Shock. Um, but I really like the, the talent. Reminds me a lot of London in a way because London had 12 really talented players, um, and I think San Francisco also has 12 really talented players. Um, but I, I think there are some clear outliers that are not going to be on the team by the end of the season, like baby Bay. Um, and all these, uh, I think there's some clear players who don't have too much of a role going forward because they have five DPS players. Um, but I see someone like striker. I mean, striker was arguably the best DPS player last season. Um, that's a fantastic pickup. And that, could definitely be considered one of the best pickups of the offseason alongside Krusty, his old coach, uh, who came into San Francisco Shock last season. And it, ever since he when he came in, they performed significantly better alongside Sinatra and Super, who, t- who turned 18. Uh, I think there's tons of talent on this roster. I think um, I think they could easily take it all home like the London Spitfire did if they, they figure out who exactly is the talent for their roster. Mm-hmm um so i agree with you it definitely could be a little bit of a bumpy start uh once they're figuring things out um but yeah any i mean i guess we have a different number one you have new york i have london um but
1: it's it's gonna be back and forth i think i
0: I don't (laughs) yeah i i totally could agree with you i i just like london's roster a little bit and they they won last year um and i think new york is a just chokes in general and I cannot trust them to to win a championship <laughs> or win win in playoffs ever again. So um yeah, that's I mean, anything else with the power ranking show any any differences you want to talk about before we preview next week, preview the first week. Jeez.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's better get to it at this point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's um stage one week one we're here for it uh so we're gonna go every week with our preview we have a nice little nice little outline we're gonna go through storylines to watch and then preview specifically um four matches that that we pick Uh, we don't have time to preview every match there's 16 matches a week that's a lot i don't think we can do that um so we're just gonna preview our favorite four. Uh, and maybe we'll touch on other matches briefly in our storylines to watch. So, Joe, obviously, week one, they decide to stuff in every storyline they possibly could um, into this week, which is fantastic. I'm so hyped. Uh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest storylines uh, is is going to be, of course, the uh, London Paris. Uh, which we are unfortunately not going to get into as a as a preview, um, but London Paris—that's the battle of EU. We already got it uh, in the first week. It's Paris's first game in general, uh, and it's it's the one where they have to prove that going a full European roster versus a full Korean roster was the way to go—not only to please their fans but to win. Joe, do you think? I mean, do you, do you think they can do it? Do you want them to do it?
1: I, I think that would be really um, the I, I think it would be an amazing way to start off the week honestly <laughs> uh, not only uh, you know uh, taking off their their fellow EU team but also to, to uh, hand a loss to uh, the defending champions now they're in the first week that would be super cool um, you know whether it's gonna happen uh, you am know, not quite convinced about that but uh, that is the first game on Saturday 3 uh, 3 p.m. Eastern so I guess noon uh, Pacific noon. Uh, on Saturday.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, that's going to be a hype game. I have to work Saturday. Oh boy, I wonder when Echo Fox plays on Saturday. Okay, because <laughs> I want to watch that match. Another big storyline to watch is um, Shanghai versus Hangzhou, which is a match I would I would love to preview. Uh, but there's so many good matches this week. Uh, but this is a huge storyline. Definitely watch this game because this is going to be the first win for a chinese team in the history of the overwatch league no matter who wins a chinese team china is going to win i mean the whole country um but this also should be a good game based off how much hype these teams are getting uh it might be a little rough now because shanghai lost fearless um but both of these teams are supposedly supposed to be top teams this year um you excited to see those Definitely. You excited to see those pink jerseys too because Hangzhou is home.
1: Yeah. Well, and in fact, this is one of the uh I think first matches that was ever leaked to us actually. Oh um,
0: yeah.
1: Co- coming into season 1. This was like the first one we knew about for sure. This is but yeah, that's uh, the fourth match on Thursday, 11:30 Eastern. So that's what 8:30 p.m. Pacific on Thursday.
0: Mhm. It's a late one for for you Easterners, but you, bet, true. you better watch it because it's going to be a good one. Um, the other one we wanted to point out uh, because uh, we feel like we don't have too much expansion team representation in our previews, but a nice little story around to watch is Atlanta versus Florida, two teams we sort of had towards the bottom of our power rankings, but um, you have the DeFran versus McDonald's sort of storyline there. But um, I, think, I think it should be a good matchup because we get to see what the new Florida Mayhem roster looks like. Everyone – uh, isn't too hype about them. Uh, but we also get to see the expansion team, and we get to see DeFran play professional Overwatch for the first time in like a year and a half-ish, maybe two years. It's been a while.
1: It's true. And that's the only um, only time Florida's playing that week. Um, Atlanta also plays Philly on Sunday. But uh, that is match two on Friday, at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific.
0: Yes, sir. Um... Let's get into the games we're gonna go in depth on. The previews, the games we are going to pick winners for, and you can't go uh, this week without previewing the first match of them all: uh, Philadelphia Fusion versus London Spitfire. The rematch of the grand finals. Joe, you are a Philadelphia Fusion man, uh, so maybe there's a little gonna be a little bias in your preview here. But uh, what do you what do you think of this matchup? Are you I mean, are you as a as a fusion fan? Are you excited for the chance to get redemption right away, or would you rather have an easy matchup and start off the season one and zero guaranteed?
1: I mean, they're playing Atlanta um, on whatever Saturday I think or Sunday. Uh, they're playing Atlanta on Sunday, so hopefully that'll be a win if nothing else. But um, I think definitely this is the way to set it up. Um, you know, you want to have a really good, uh, strong opening day. Uh, really nice match here we'll get to see um, this will be our first Overwatch League match ever I think played on Rialto Uh, once they get to map 4 for that series that'll be cool Uh, being able to see uh, lots of different uh, stuff going on in the series I think Ilios which is their first map um, is probably gonna be super interesting this is um, again already there behind actually before before I say that, let me double check, because um, they're playing on the patch with the diva nerf and the armor nerf, um, but not on the patch uh, with. Uh, I guess so that's the one that's on the PTR currently. Is the one that has um, Paris. So I think it is still technically live, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they are playing on the live patch. Um, had to double check that real quick. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, the, to, to see um, this evolution of goats, uh, the Ilios I think in particular is going to be um, just. The way they play that with lots of different uh, types of strategies, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think definitely, uh, definitely there is the potential for the for the redemption for sure. That's that's what I'll be uh, uh, rooting for. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to st- kind of have to.
0: I'm going to start off my my preview of it by saying I think it's going to happen. I think Philadelphia is going to win this game. Um, spawn the new black jerseys, which, by the way, I think look super clean i love the black um and uh i I do think they're gonna pull this one out uh pull out of pull off an upset i think they've they've been wanting this one uh, probably ever since the grand finals happened and they ended up losing to the london spitfire i think they've been wanting this rematch for a while i think they're ready uh i think people are hyping them up as a really good goats team which is surprising to me because they are historically a really good dps team and they're they they yeah. won the they made it to the finals because the meta was so dps reliant at the time um so that was really surprising to me to hear how good players were rating them as as one of the best goats teams so uh, i think in this meta and i think um with all the hype around this match and how much more they're going to want to win this game than london spitfire i think they take this um i i, I think it goes five maps i think three to two uh what what do you got joe
1: yeah i think it's it's uh it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be an opening match without it uh without five maps i mean mm-hmm. but uh but, yeah i think I, I would agree like i said uh, uh I, i'd love to give the edge to philly here um uh, but yeah it, it is also going to be very close so yeah i don't i'll just uh i'll just agree and just cop out <laughs> uh but, yeah let's let's say uh 3-2 for Philly, I think, here.
0: All right. Uh, and that game is the first game of them all, 4, four, Pacific, four Pacific Time, 7 Eastern Time on Thursday. Uh, we Our next game is also a Thursday game, and that is 10 Eastern Time, 7 Pacific. Uh, that's the third game of the day, and that's Seoul Dynasty versus the Los Angeles Gladiators, which is big uh, because Fisher, uh, of course, former LA Gladiator, is playing his old team, uh, but it's also big. Uh, Because both of these teams, I think, made some roster moves that has everyone super hyped up. They were number three on my power rankings, Gladiators were. Um, And I think Seoul had a disappointing uh, disappointing season last year. Uh, Hopefully, their roster changes are going to make them better. And we get to see right here, right now, uh, in this game. Uh, But Los Angeles Gladiators, the big thing to point out is they do not have decay because... um, he hasn't turned 18 yet, I don't think. And he will be very soon, I believe. Uh-huh. So they don't have Decay for this for this uh, specific game, which is probably pretty big because I think a lot of people think that he is he's their guy. He turns 18 February 27th, so they don't have him for like two weeks, two week-ish. Two, wow. Yeah, so uh that's actually pretty big for the la gladiators with that in mind joe um who do you think is going to win this
1: it's hmm. a good question i mean if, if we go um you know just off the power rankings that we have uh, i'd have to give it to uh to la gladiators um but yeah this is definitely one of the uh One of the matches like this first one, and I guess that's why we're highlighting it. Um, It's it's definitely not clear, um, unlike some of these other ones, um, how this is going to go for sure. Um, I I think this is probably more of an important match um, for Seoul than for LA, I think it's fair to say. Um, Coming in here, obviously, this is both of their first matches of the season, Um, but but, uh, I think definitely Seoul has more to prove here. Uh, so maybe because of that uh, you know in addition to my uh to my power rankings i, I might have to give the edge uh, to la gladiators actually just uh, just because when you're uh, obviously uh, when you're only playing 28 uh, 28 matches in a season you know every game matters even more than uh than they did last year and it's um uh, it's um, hopefully not going to be um, a pressure thing for Seoul but if it does I think LA is going to be there to, to pick it up yeah. um, as far as score uh, I'd call it maybe uh, either 3-2 uh, potentially 3-1 uh, for LA Gladiators
0: yeah I've, I've got 3-1 to LA Gladiators even though they don't have decay right now I still think Hydration and Surefour are talented enough um, and they had teased maybe a signing yesterday but I have a feeling it might be a sponsorship deal but we'll, we'll see if they also grab somebody else um, I doubt it's it, it might be a DPS some people are speculating Mangachu uh, but he did just get signed by Mayhem Academy so that would be yeah. a little bit of a it would be a, a weird choice for him to sign with the team and then immediately go to another team um, so that, that should be interesting to see what that is exactly, but I still have Gladiators winning just because I'm not too impressed with the the soul changes, especially seeing them against Guangzhou on that stage. I thought they didn't look too good. Of course, it's just a show match, but um, I'm not too impressed by their changes. I don't think Fisher is going to perform as well as he did on the Gladiators this season. Uh, I think I've said it before on the show, but I just don't think he is. Um, so I'm gonna go three one gladiators as well uh, even without decay I think they will they will be fine um they also don't have a rip I believe because he is suspended for like five games so I mean that doesn't affect them too much because I imagine big goose and Chaz would be starting anyways um
1: the finished duo
0: yes exactly <laughs> um so we move on so that game's at the third game on thursday we move on to friday which is we have the third game on friday which is the dallas fuel versus san francisco shock i think this game is super hyped because it's two sort of new look teams san francisco with tons of changes with striker on their team and then you have dallas fuel um, with the three roster additions plus the addition of jane um, and overall a a year where their expectations are once again super high the fans expectations are super high going into the season um so i think this game should be very exciting to watch joe i think this might be one where we pick different teams based off our power rankings maybe (laughs)
1: yeah i was just about to say that yeah i think this one um my pick is gonna have to uh this is gonna have to be uh, to vindicate myself, right? Because <laughs> because I, I ranked Dallas super high and uh, San Francisco relatively low. Um, this, you know, so for that reason, sure, uh, I'll be consistent. I'll pick Dallas here, but um, I, I think this is definitely going to be another um, close match. And obviously, that's what they uh, they they're they're planning for this week to have lots of uh, lots of really close stuff. Um, and you know, making for. Uh, lots of exciting matches as we get going into it but uh uh do we go three two Uh, sure why not five five maps three two dallas (laughs) okay
0: um i'm gonna come out so last year dallas they came out they had a super close game against seoul everyone was like wow these two teams must be the best teams in the league which is hilarious to me but uh (laughs) i'm gonna go out and say uh the Dallas gets three, one tier by San Francisco. I think San Francisco comes out and, uh, they hashtag shock the world and, um, (laughs) (laughs) and they don't even make it a close one. Honestly, I think they'll look pretty dominant on some maps, um, specifically Kings row. I think they bring out Sinatra and Sinatra is, has apparently just been performing in scrims as the best Zarya in the world at this point. So, um, I'll take San Francisco shock three to one. Um, yeah, which will be disappointed for Dallas fans, of course. I, I like when Dallas performs well, and I wish they would because there's so many Dallas fans <laughs> that I feel like people stop watching Overwatch League when Dallas is bad, so... I would like Dallas to perform well. But that, I think that's the first one we split on, Joe. Um, so I think that 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 is a sign that it is going to be a good match, even if I say it's only going to be four maps, three to one. Saturday uh the last game of the day is uh i believe the first time we get to see the vancouver titans the runaway squad play and it's against the shanghai dragons who would be playing uh maybe already have their first win under their belt um against Hangzhou on on thursday so this will be the second game of the week for shanghai the first and only for vancouver um, and that's going to be the last game of Saturday. The reason this is so important, if you haven't followed Korean contenders, is that this is basically a Runaway versus Kungdo Panthera rematch because Shanghai is mostly Kungdu. Vancouver is all Runaway, um, and uh, we get we get to see these two teams face off again. I'm I'm super excited, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the first time we see Vancouver. Joe, do you think one team has the edge over the other right now?
1: Yeah, uh, and I just noticed they're playing Busan yeah. too. Uh, cause, cause that's in the rotation. That's probably not the first time we'll see it this yeah. week, but, uh, but that's cool to note, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, Vancouver, Shanghai. You know, it's uh, you know the worst team from season one uh, coming up against what people are are saying might be the best, uh, or you know, at least what I said uh, might be the best expansion team. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, even discounting the players that they have, I think this is, this is going to be, uh, uh, especially if Shanghai loses uh, to Hangzhou in on day one, uh, this is going to be a really important match for both teams. Um, you know, uh, Vancouver making their uh, their first uh, imprint into uh, Overwatch League, and Shanghai, uh, you know, either looking for their first win or looking to cement. Um, submit uh the first week of a comeback you know but uh uh, but yeah this is uh this is gonna be close for sure which again i'm sure is why we selected it yeah uh (laughs) as far as uh which team is gonna take this um i i think i'm gonna uh again with without all the data that we don't have um which you know, as we get more of a sense of how these teams actually play, it'll get I think easier and easier to do this. But um, uh, but without all that, I think I'm gonna uh, go back to my power rankings again uh, and, and give a little bit of an edge here to Vancouver. Uh, uh, you, you know, just purely from the the, um, the the rankings I came up with, really. <laughs> but uh, uh, as far as the score i've called three five map series i think so far <laughs> um but i don't necessarily want to make this a three one either just so maybe uh i mean i have no reason to do this but let's say two one two for one. vancouver
0: No, oh, there's gonna be a little tie there <laughs> we'll, that's that's we'll, a big we'll have prediction. A draw in there somewhere that's a big prediction <laughs> yeah I
1: like, like i said i have absolutely no reason to say that <laughs>
0: um yeah i i oh this is so hard to do but i honestly think shanghai dragons are gonna start oh two they're they're not gonna gonna win this week um and i think they could easily go oh two and have both games go to five maps in fact i'm gonna say this map this goes to five maps and vancouver wins three to two in the end um that's so sad because Shanghai, <laughs> Shanghai all hyped up. It's just, it's just hard to predict them to grab a win with questions at the tank position right now. If they have Gamsu, they do have a pretty good chance of winning this game. Um, but if they don't have a main tank, I don't see them winning either games, uh, honestly. Because they have apparently they have their DPS players playing main tank right now. They just don't have anybody. Um, so they, they better get someone fast. Uh, but yeah, I got Vancouver. Even if, if uh, this, if I, if the assumption was Gamsu is on Shanghai dragons, I still have Vancouver winning three to two. Um, because even if they do have Gamsu, that's a brand new player. You just got, um, like three gate, three days or whatever before this match even starts. So, um, yeah, Vancouver, I think Vancouver will take, take this one, three to two Shanghai, unfortunately, zero two to start the season. Um, but they can't go 0-40, and, and that's the big thing. <laughs> it's true. All right. Um, any other last-second storylines you want to plug in, Joe, before we we end the show?
1: I feel like we've mentioned probably half the matches from this first week. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure lots of people will be watching. Mm-hmm half the matches or all the matches from this first week.
0: Yeah, they're, um, they're all fantastic. I'm a little underwhelmed by Sunday, but uh, besides Gladiator Shock um, yeah. and F- Fuel, Fuel Dynasty should be good too, but um, like, yeah, it's weird to be underwhelmed about that day, but that's just because that has t- two matches that I think might not be that good um, because all these days have like really good matches all throughout the entire lineup. Um, Friday might be the most disappointing day, actually. Yeah, Friday. Friday doesn't look too good, but well, I'm so excited. This is—we're finally here, Joe. The next time we record a podcast, one week will be down.
1: We'll have actual matches to talk about that have happened.
0: That's crazy. We haven't—we haven't had that in months. (laughs) Um. But yeah, thanks thanks for joining me, Joe, on this extra long on the flank with our power rankings involved. With a preview next week, we will be back with the recap of the week before, and um, I don't know, maybe we continue to do the power rankings throughout the season. Who knows? Uh, that might be something we do
1: every so often.
0: Yeah, every so, <laughs> maybe after every stage because uh, oh, I yeah. think that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, that'd be good. So, as far as social media goes, if you want to follow us on our Twitters, you can follow me at JWGeorgeIV. You can follow Joe at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Uh, you can follow our show's Twitter at Show Is there a, a handle? And then we have an email, ontheflankshow at gmail.com. Uh, of course, you're listening to this in one way, but if you want to listen to it in another way, you can go to ontheflank.podbeam.com. You can go to my personal YouTube channel, uh, John George. You can find it on my Twitter. Uh, And then if you are a, an iPhone user, you can find us on iTunes or Apple podcasts. If you are an Android user, you can find us on Spotify or Google play. Thank you guys for listening and everybody enjoy week number one of the 2019 season.